0: Fucking, uh,
1: yeah, bro, I'm fucking
0: no, trash. Yeah, yeah no, like, like, like oh, this is a nice bourbon or something. And
2: yeah, something like yeah, like that. But that's it. Yeah, no, just nothing. Don't none, be none of that trash. crazy. Don't be a trash jackass. Is what you're that's saying. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, okay. don't be trash. So it doesn't matter. I like it. I like it. Good job. I don't drink. Either. All right. Be classy. Be respectful. Freaking. Um, I already have a few bullet points, Hunter. That I'll be mentioning. But if you feel like you have like a nice question to ask, please. Go and say it. Don't don't feel like you don't have to interrupt us. Just interrupt us. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think. <laughs> Do me a favor, Aubrey, to you. Okay. What'd you say? Uh, no, it's Hunter's uh, Mike Wigan. I uh, know. Try to keep. I know. I know everyone's busy, right? But try to make sure your phone doesn't vibrate in the background if someone's calling you or something. So that shit doesn't get picked up. I'll start the intro. I'll introduce you guys. You guys will be able to say hello, and then we'll just take it from there.
1: Simple and clean.
2: Just please don't forget it. Record. Oh, you're already recording. Okay, cool, 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 cool. All right. You ready? You guys good? You guys good? You guys good? yeah sure yeah. go for it yeah yeah they not look cute they not look cute all right cool 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 you look you look cute
3: enough
2: thank you i'd kiss thank you, you, thank you. i kiss you on the mouth oh thank you all right with that being said thank you with that being said all right everyone welcome this is brotherly talk there's a podcast made by a group of friends where we just talk about a little bit of everything nothing crazy nothing wild just just a few guys talking and girls when we get there so with that being said My name is Fernando. Um, I'm here joined by Roy Aubrey. Aubrey. Howdy, folks. There you go. And then I'm joined by a great friend, Hunter. Hey. Okay. So now the introductions are out the way, right? First topic, first episode. Military. Controversial, depending on who you ask. Mm -hmm. Some people will say it's necessary. Some people will say it's not. Some people will say it's a good thing. Some people will not. Fortunately for you guys, you have two out of three people in this podcast that are currently serving. So we're just going to talk a little bit about it. Um, I know a few people have questions about it. Um, I know if you guys go on YouTube or Google and you search up military, should I join? Usually some special forces, Ranger, XSF dude that talks about his experience. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the other 90% of the Army. The 90% that's on the installation, not deployed. The 98%? Just- the 98% that doesn't have a deployment patch, none of, none of that crazy stuff, right? That's what we're going to talk about. So if you're interested in that, please keep listening. If you're, if you're doing SF, I wish you best of luck, but we're not going to talk about that. So with that being said, uh, I'm currently an E-5 sergeant in the U.S. military army. Currently finished my fourth year, going on to my fifth year of my contract. That's me, Aubrey. I'm going to hand it off to you. Who are you?
3: I'm in the same boat as Jimbo over here. I call him Jimbo. His name is Fernando. It's going to be hard for me to transition in and out of that, so it's Jimbo for Talks of the Stream. But I'm in the same boat, E5, Sergeant, U.S. Army, uh, Military, Police,
2: and that's that. Four years Enough. going on in the fifth, fifth year as well. Definitely, definitely. Hunter, who are you? Give us your feedback, your your background, quick,
0: quick rundown. Um, I was raised by uh, military. So, I'm kind of an outside perspective in this podcast, kind of like a middleman. Um, uh, I was actually uh, unable to join due to medical reasons.
2: Gotcha. That's a good topic. I, I'm glad you mentioned that because we're going to talk about that in a bit. So, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, so, right, with that being said and everything, first question that I'm just going to put out there, right? Hunter, please feel free to join. Um, I'm going to start with you, Aubrey your service why did you join just a basic question why did you join and how long was your contract and little things like that
3: oh boy so so background on that um i don't i don't i don't have a specific or there's no specific reason really i've just always been fascinated with army soldiers and everything growing up as a kid um i couldn't see myself doing anything else to start off um from as young as i can remember i was always running around with a gun in my hand wanting to be a soldier marine, something. <laughs> I always wanted to be in the military, period. And my parents told me the same thing. Um, there's a story that my dad always tells me, that when I was one years old, like my birthday presents were Army trucks, Army army little G.I. Joes and shit. And I, that's just how it went. I played with them. And then as I got older, the dream just kept on going until I got to that point. So I joined I could... the Army because this is just the only thing that I knew, bro. I like it. I like it. What year did you join again, just so the audience knows? 2018, in July. 2018? And how long was the contract? And the contract was for five years.
2: Five years. Does that have the reserves or National Guard component tied at the end of it? You know how we have a three-year... Yeah, the inactive
3: inactive reserves. So Mm -hmm. it's an an eight-year contract, uh, but five years are required to serve active duty. In three years of inactive reserves, meaning once a year I'm going to get a phone call. And if Russia gets a little bit too crazy, try some <laughs> or North shit Korea, then, or North like Korea, <laughs> yeah, then I'll be called and been like, Yeah, get screwed. You're coming back to the service. <laughs> you We're know, going to war. It's like, okay. But
1: definitely, until definitely. war
3: happens, it's one phone call a year to check on my <laughs> yeah. address.
2: Yep. Okay, so appreciate you check. Appreciate you breaking that down. Um, I don't think many people know that when you're trying to join active duty, it's not necessarily just oh, he's had five years active and we're done. No, that is not the case. You the Uncle Sam has you tied for eight minimum. Mm -hmm. And how Roy was saying that it's inactive service. Yeah, necessarily you are free. You're free to smoke weed. You're free to you know do whatever you want. Whatever you want, right? But all that takes is one phone call within that three-year mark after you get out the military where they can just, by law, they can call you back in, go get your uniforms, go get your boots, come back clean-shaved, unless you're Roy and you have a mustache. That's in regulations. Keep that. Oh, it's out of regs. You're back. Oh, it's out of regs? Okay. Okay. It's so (laughs) out of regs.
3: I'm not even going to lie.
2: uh, (laughs) uh, Thank you for uh, sharing that. But... uh, right so not many people know that it's not necessarily just a five and done three and done like for infantry contracts um they do get you for a few extra years just in case uh stuff does happen so thank you for sharing that um before i go to the before i chime in hunter you have any questions about him specifically why he joined
0: um, no i mean it it sounded pretty much like every little boy's dream hmm. <laughs>
2: That's exactly. Yeah, what it was. that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, quick rundown on me. Right, I joined and I sworn in in January of twenty eighteen. I couldn't leave until August because I had braces. Uh, so I had eight months to mentally prepare that I was leaving. Um, before I joined, I was just, I was just doing the big three. I was going to church. I was going to school, and I was just working a job. And then I got to a point where I was bored. Um, I was tired of living at home. I wanted to move out. You know, you get to a certain age where you just want to – you need something different, right? So Mm
1: -hmm.
2: I sworn in. I told my parents the day before I sworn in. They got pretty upset, but it is what it is, right? Once you're the age of 18, you don't need the permission. Every Army recruiter will remind you that until you signed. Mm -hmm. So that happened. I joined five years active duty with same thing as Roy, uh, three years inactive and or National Guard and Reserves instead. So – Uh, Now that that's out the way, right, uh, next question I'm going to ask you, Roy, is what have you done in your four years plus of service?
3: No, that's the one thing that I didn't write down on my little notepad here. (laughs) Uh, So I guess you could say I've had a pretty eventful little bit of service, but it's been all in the same duty station. I've been one of the fortunate MPs to stay in one spot and just focus on career progression in that one spot. Um, and that's a very rare thing because it doesn't happen for a lot of people at all. Uh, most people, uh, two, three years, come rolling around at a duty station, boom, you get orders, and then you start over somewhere else. I've had the opportunity to not start over once. I've been stationed at Fort Carson my entire duration. Um, I started off Where is as, Carson uh, in Colorado. Fort Carson's in Colorado, just south of Colorado Springs. It's a beautiful place to be. Okay. I wouldn't say a beautiful base to be at, but it's a beautiful state, <laughs> beautiful Beautiful place to be, um, but back back to it. I um, I have had some field experiences, gone out and done like soldier stuff, soldier stuff. Um, I'm not going to say we're basically infantry, but the soldier stuff that we do would be like route reconnaissance, where we check routes to ensure when the other boys coming along that the route's safe. You know, we hold site security, we hold down a site for certain things. So I've had. Pretty basic training when it comes down to doing stuff like that, maybe room clearing stuff, but it, it doesn't even equal a decent fraction to the amount of law enforcement that I've done. The the amount of law enforcement I've done in comparison to being a soldier completely trumps trumps it all. Started off as a rookie cop, working all kinds of shifts with Jimbo himself and our other buddy, Dennis, who will hopefully join us later on in the podcasts. Um, started off as a rookie, you know, um, from there... I went to Traffic Management and Collisions Investigations, TMCI. Uh, we call them TMCI yes, investigators. Yes, you did. I totally forgot about that. Yeah, so yep. essentially what the uh, traffic officers do on Fort Carson um, in the mil- as military police officers, our main focus is per- traffic enforcement, uh, DUI investigations, and uh, traffic accident investigations. So traffic accident investigations, for people that don't know exactly what it entails, it's uh, more in depth on, like, figuring out stuff based off of roadway evidence. And roadway evidence could be inclusive to, like, skid marks, objects that were tied on your car that got flung. Like, we measure those distances, and we there's some insane m- fucking math that goes into it. I'm not going to get into that because that's a headache and a half, and I hate those, but I, I did it for a little while. Um, and I did that for a little over a year. I really enjoyed it um, because it's the closest thing to a 9-to-5 job that you can have in the Army. You just show up, do law enforcement, and it's beautiful. And that's what I – I really enjoyed that. And then now, um, as a sergeant, I've been – Supervising soldiers on the roads the entire time when I work, but I've I've also done like gate duties and stuff. So I'm that typical guy. Oh really man, the gates. Yeah, the gates, the gates, <laughs> gate guards, the gates. As there's, much as for you
2: guys listening, it sounds as boring as uh, as it sounds. So there's nothing nothing it, to break down. You just scan IDs.
3: <laughs> you scan IDs and oh. look for shit. And I do <laughs> got to say though, this last gate cycle that I did do, um, I I I feel really fulfilled with it. I caught a lot of things. Um, if there was fucking records and statistics of the shit that people have caught on the gate that you worked, I guarantee I'd be in first place. So I'm really that. Oh no, oh no. There's
2: in that span that I
3: worked. In that span that I worked, I got Uh, some really good stuff. But essentially now I'm just uh, a police sergeant, and I'm about to go through uh, the police supervisor training.
2: Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Hunter, I know you got some questions to ask. He just gave us a big load. I know, to me, I, I was able to pick up on everything he said, right? Because I was there for half of it. But what what are some questions you might have before I just quickly talk about myself?
0: So as far as uh, you were, you were saying you spent your entire military career basically in one spot. Um, and I do know that that's that's pretty rare to to spend even even a year um over a year in one spot. Um, I know people that move from duty station to duty station every year. Got different orders. Yeah. Um, so do you think that you would have gotten more experience if you went to other duty stations?
3: Absolutely. one hundred percent I have different experiences and there'd be stuff that there's stuff that I wouldn't be able to relate to that Jimbo has over me because he's had to switch duty stations. He's at his, his third one now. And I, I don't have that. I've been at one spot, so there's definitely experiences that I don't have that he has and that he could shed light upon. Um a thousand percent. But I wouldn't change it because my experience is and where I'm at in life right now, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with what I what I ended up with married, Now, a second kid on the way. So
0: Yeah awesome. Yeah and congratulations on the second kid. Thank I you. Yes, congratulations.
3: Baby baby number two. Congrats. Baby Aubrey. Congrats.
0: Hoping for a boy, right?
3: Oh, I fucking hope so. <laughs> I fucking hope so. My legacy's gotta continue.
0: There you go. <laughs> yeah, and then um as far as uh, you were talking about the gatekeeping and like I've been on a military post before. Um like I guess that's large military presence in my family. Um but that can either it, it it can literally be either the most boring job on the post or the most exciting
1: Absolutely.
0: um just that. just in our discord group um because i'm pretty much one of the only originals in the discord that isn't military and i just hear it from everybody how how crazy gate um gateposts can be mm-hmm. and like it so uh do you do you have any stories that you're able to tell?
3: Uh I I wish that I could go into specific details about stuff. Um there's mm-hmm. no there's no stories that I can get into, but if I could put statistics on it, in one week I got over 11 DUIs at the gate. And that's just in the span of one week. And I mean those numbers yeah. might not seem impressive, but if I'm at one gate when at night where there's maybe hundred cars coming through and most of those cars that are coming through at that point in the night is like families then i i would say that 11 is a good number of duis to catch but not only on top of the duis that i caught i was assaulted that week i I got shoved by some drunk fool i had two drunken disorderlies um people who are underage drinking and stuff getting caught and i'm pretty i'm pretty fair when it comes down to underage drinking and stuff because I'm not saying that I did it, but I guarantee you that people underage drink all the time. And it's completely okay to... I think it's okay. I don't think it's a big deal. But if you're coming through a military installation and you're acting a fool of yourself and you know you're in the wrong, then that that's a little different. Then you're kind of getting yourself into trouble there. But I, I've cut a lot of stuff and it does get crazy. But I'd say about 85% of the gates, though, is just... Uh, for me, being friendly to people coming through and being bored out of my godforsaken mind. Until that 15%, I catch a DUI. I, I don't know, domestic violence walks up to the gate and I'm just like, oh shit, this is unusual, how'd that get here? And then we just go from there, kind of thing. But yeah, the gate, like you said, gates can either be extremely fucking boring or the craziest shit happens. You just don't expect it.
2: appreciate the question hunter that was really good um 11 dui's sounds like you had a lot of overtime <laughs> throughout that week you get paid overtime i wish i got paid overtime i <laughs> wish i got paid. for you guys for you guys watching just in case you guys aren't aware uh service members every service member is paid on salary so a majority i like i think i speak for everybody a majority you're going to put in a lot of overtime and not not get paid back for it so mm-hmm. just We'll break that down a little bit further when we go to our next topic. Um, so <clears throat> sounds like Carson's been treating you well, to good. say it lightly. That's good. That's good. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's pretty exciting having that traffic school you know, under your belt, that experience on your resume. I'm pretty sure that's helping you out when we talk about the next topic and what we're doing in our future career paths and all that. So that's good. I'm excited. Thank you for sharing that. Um. In regards to me, right, I was at Carson from 2019. 2019, halfway to 2021. Uh, I was there with Roy Aubrey, kicking the bucket, working law enforcement shifts, working gate guard shifts, and then when, uh, when military police officers are not doing either of those things, the way I say it is we do army camp, where three months of prepping, three months of training, three months of gun ranges, coming in at 06 in the morning leaving at 6 p.m 7 p.m going over battle drills tactics uh that's what military police officers do when they're not working law enforcement or the gates right so basically we go we go camp out in the woods for a week go over like combat scenario, scenarios mm. uh, war tactics everything in between so i did that with roy for two and a half years in carson uh, our buddy Dennis Merklin, he got orders to Korea. Uncle Sam picked the number out of a hat. They got his number. Mm-hmm. He got a magic email. I don't even think actually, no, he didn't get an email. I think first sergeant told him, Hey, you got an email waiting for you. <laughs> I think first sergeant reminded him. I you, I wouldn't know. I couldn't I could yeah. far back. Yeah, yeah, I think I think he I think he told me he came back. He was like, first sergeant said I have orders. I was like, oh, well, are you going to check? <laughs> Everyone knows it's Korea. Like, come on. If you don't request orders, mm-hmm. you're going to Korea. And then he checked. He was like, where's Humphreys? What is Humphreys? That's, dude, <laughs> that's right in the middle of Korea. You ain't, you're going to Korea. And then it said right there, uh, he's going, I think, yeah, he was going in May. So he got orders to Korea. Uh, I know, I remember him. He was pretty bummed out about it because one thing about the military is you're in the shit for so long that you actually get accustomed to the people you're in the shit with. So you kind of like, you know, buddies come and go, just like any part-time job, any full-time job in the military. I think it's like one level higher. Hmm. It's one level of a relationship that you probably won't experience anywhere else unless you're on an actual deployment. But yeah. Yeah. I, I remember him being bummed out about that. I remember I had gotten my promotion status at the time. So I needed a change. So I volunteered. I hit up Uncle Sam. I told him, hey, send me to Korea with my boy. He hooked me up. Uh, So I went to Korea for a year if you go to korea as a single soldier you stay there for a year if you're married you stay there for two years minimum no questions asked um i went there with the year dennis Merkling was actually my roommates funny enough the whole year so i did i was there for law enforcement majority was law enforcement 20 percent was army camp easy army camp because it's korea it's not our country so we can't necessarily mm-hmm. do all the things we want because it's third country right so there's a lot of rules, but it was a great experience. I love traveling the country. 10 out of 10 recommend if you guys ever get the opportunity. Um, And then from there, uh, Uncle Sam asked me if I wanted to go back to Carson. When I got to Korea, I said, heck no. I would definitely pass. My time there was done. And then so he asked me, okay, where do you want to go? I said, I heard Washington State is pretty nice for Army personnel duty location-wise. So he said, done. So now here I am in JBLM, Joint Base lewis McCord. South of Tacoma City, um, it rains a lot. Um, it's a hit or miss. That's all I can say. I'm not liking it so far. The city's pretty ghetto. The installation's nice, but the city's pretty ghetto. There's a lot of politics that play into all this. But currently, I work at the police station here. I'm one of the desk sergeants. Basically, anyone that calls nine one one, I'm monitoring, or I'm monitoring the the call that's happening. Uh, anything that like. Anything big that happens, uh, the general is notified through a text from me. My text message goes all the way up, and then 10 people start asking questions. And then before it gets to the general, he's aware of what happened after they revised what I pushed out. Um, I help communicate between patrol members, between traffic units, between the investigators. Uh, I'm one of the people that to to notify the unit whenever something big happens, like a DUI, a fatal DUI. Um, Basically I work 12 hour shifts and everything that happens in regards to law enforcement, I'm making sure that I am aware of what's happening and I'm notifying the right people depending on the situation. That's what I currently do. And that's what I'm going to do until I get out the military. Um, anyone have any questions before we go to the next topic?
0: So we were talking about deployments to Korea. Um, and if I remember correctly. That is one of the very few ways to get a pay bump.
2: Yes. Yes, it is.
0: In the military is to be in a hazardous uh situation, essentially. You would get hazard pay.
2: Yes. Yes. So uh depending on where you go in Korea, there's I think six or seven different US Army installations you could get sent to in Korea. I got sent to the main central hub location. And Korea, depending on how close your station to the border, would dictate how much more of a pay you get, right? Because hmm. North Korea is right there, right? So yeah. if you're on the border, you're considered Area 1. So oh, your shit. bonus, I think...
3: I'm going to the I DMZ. Think...
2: <laughs> yeah. So don't quote me, but I think it's like their... <laughs> I think their bonus is like 200 for like being right there next to Kim Jong-un, right? Um, <laughs> I was in Area 3, so I got a $50 bonus. $50 wow. bonus, hazardous pay um i think i know i got it a little bit extra somewhere else but i think that's just um how expensive uh food was out there but okay. yes hazard pay it is a thing if you go on a deployment you do get hazard pay <clears throat> any more questions no 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 yeah no yeah cool You're good all right cool 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 cool. uh now that that's out the way right uh Hoo-wah. it's good this can be a A minor thing but actually we'll save it okay so the magic question right Uh, aubrey you me i'm pretty sure we have every senior ranking uh sergeant officer asking us if we're gonna re-enlist sign away three more years right Mm -hmm. that's the magic question i know i've been asked i've been asked at the police station every other day asking me right so we're gonna start with you are you are you gonna re-enlist yes no why or why not no I, okay, I will and how not, long, how long do you be... have to decide? How long do you have to decide, like a c- confirm? Oh, I, no. still,
3: I still definitely got plenty of time to decide and confirm my no. It, it's, it's definitely confirmed no at this point. But if something crazy <laughs> happens on down the road, then I, I still got time till July of 2023, which it's not even the new year yet. It's December 27th, so that's seven months right there. And then midway that I got, I, got, I, I still got plenty of time. Um, the reason okay. I'm not re-enlisting oh, – there's a there's a lot that goes into it, um, but I, I guess the biggest thing and the thing that makes the most sense when I describe it would definitely be to say that it's it's just – I don't feel like I'm cut out for this lifestyle anymore. And by that, I'm not specifically saying my MOS, being a military police officer. I love working law enforcement. That's something I 100% enjoy and never going to stop enjoying it. It's just – something about me i guess but the the lifestyle just it isn't for me anymore i hate waking up uh extremely early um they're like oh the military is a nine to five job the military is not a nine to five job um you might be showing up to work at nine and leaving around five yeah that's that's nine to five but they leave out the uh five hours that they had you get up get ready for work come in work do pt uh get bitched at for anything What's PT? What's, a, PT? What's, what's PT? What's PT? Oh, yeah. So physical training is something that you, you have to do every day. You wake up, you go in, and you go do some bullshit exercise that somebody picked. And half the times, it's not even beneficial to you at all. It just hurts your body, and that's it. Like you, Oh, okay, we ran two miles today, but how do we run those two miles? We ran it in a group, right? Except I've got long legs. I got gazelle legs. I can run like a fucking gazelle. Not anymore because I'm a dad, but... General, I used to run really fast. I had great two mile times and everything. but if I have someone who's slower than me right, and we're in a group, then I'm not getting the uh, workout that I need to progress in say running because they're slower than me and I gotta be behind them. I'm shortening my um my jogging span like my foot span or whatever. I can't think of the actual word that goes to it, but I think y'all get the point so that's p t and that's at six thirty. However, you have to be there at 6.30, so you got to wake up earlier, and I still count that as company time at this fucking point, if I'm being honest. (laughs) If I'm waking up an hour, hour and a half to get ready for work, to drive to work, just to be on time to that work, I get that. In a civilian job, it's the same thing, right? Depends. depends.
2: Some some will pay you for that travel. Some will
3: pay you for the travel. Yeah, Mm -hmm. but that just that. Then and there, like doing PT and going to going to work at that hour is still like you'll do PT at six thirty, right? You won't get out of PT till around seven thirty, eight o'clock. You you just got a full hour just exercise of people are like, Oh, exercise isn't fun. No, it's fucking not. You sign the contract, you try you tell me in five <laughs> years it's fun. Bullshit. <laughs> it's not fun. And it's not fun with a group. It's fun if you go to the gym by yourself, work on your own games. Yeah, but in a group, no. Fucking retarded. Sorry, you are gonna have to cut that out. All right. Jimmo. So I can't say that. All word. right. So
2: what time did you wake up? What time did you wake up?
3: <laughs> I live about forty-five minutes away from post, and that's because I've been here for a long time, arrested many people, ticketed many people. People hate me. They, they don't right, recognize so me. How did I you wake close. up? I wake up at about five, five o'clock.
2: Okay, so you wake up at five o'clock. You get to physical training at six thirty. How long yeah. is physical training?
3: Hour, hour and a half, depends.
2: Okay, so it's 7.30 now, 7.30, 7.45, because the seniors like to talk about what we're going to do throughout the day for the last 15 minutes, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so what do you do after after you're done with physical training?
3: Uh, I'm not driving home at that point because I'd be wasting gas and a lot of time, so I'll just run into the uh, showers at my company. Uh, I'll probably end up going to the hospital because I can buy their defect food for like $3 and get a big-ass breakfast, eggs, rice, potatoes, biscuits and gravy, some fucking turkey sausage. That's five nice, courses nice. right there, and it's in a big platter. Mm-hmm. Eat my breakfast, mm-hmm. and I'll go back, you know, get gassy or something in my car, and then wait until 9 okay, o'clock so,
2: rolls. Okay, so you have to be back by 9 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So you already, you've already you been up for how many hours now? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, four? Four, three? That's four hours. Three to four hours, and then, then the workday hasn't five. even started yet? Yep. Okay, and how what's your average work day like when you're not working shift when you're not scheduled to work gates or law enforcement
3: so like what's your a, work day like a platoon duty day okay, yep, in that case, so what most of the army does and what the army doesn't tell you, you're gonna be doing um fifty percent of whatever m o s you' got because you 'cause you're gonna be in that damn motor pool doing something um but so we got four days co- four hours covered already wake up p t bullshit in between walk up to my, my work day. Um, it usually begins with me, Sir and Aubrey, walking into the office, getting some crazy ass, unimportant, dumb tasks that we have to complete that make that benefit nobody. There's no benefit to doing it. It doesn't do anything, right? You'll get for the one of the biggest ones, okay? Mondays, Motorpool Mondays, where we PMCS the same trucks that we've had for twenty years. That we know all the faults for. You got to break
2: it down. What's PMCS? You got to break PMCS,
3: it down. PMCS, post-maintenance something shit. It's where you'll, you're you looking at a truck, right? And you're looking at a little handbook that goes by and tells you what this truck needs to be fully functional, okay? And then it'll tell you what faults that it can possibly have. And while you're looking at this item, let's say a tire, and there's a cut in a tire, right? Then it'll have like a, a fault number next to that to explain it and what the fault was. It'd be like cut in tire. Uh, laceration on tire or something tires unable to work so we'd write that down on a piece of paper we'd get that signed off by somebody we'd have to take that signed off document to somebody else to get it signed off before it even goes to the mechanic that's going to take out and look that's going to come out and look at it to confirm that what we marked off on this split like slash tire is correct he's going to see it. he's going to mark it off
2: and then he's, he's going to go give it what to the him. last guy he's already gonna confirmed conf-
3: right Yeah he's going to confirm with the next guy and then he's going to go and he's not going to do shit about it. He's not going to he's not going to give a fuck. He's going to be like okay I'm passing this on. He's going to give this to somebody else. He's going to give it some fucking private that don't know what he's doing. This private's going to be like okay I'll get it done at some point. Forget forget that he's got to change his fucking tire. Put in the order next week once we tell him the tire's still cut. We got to wait for that tire to be shipped to the fucking company, to the mechanic bays, before anything gets done. So that's just one thing. That's Motor Monday, okay? Now, the biggest thing that's that we Monday, see— yo. That's That's just that's a your Monday. Monday of bullshit <laughs> with maybe like 15, maybe 20 vehicles that we have to thoroughly inspect every fucking Monday to ensure that our fleet is maintained and ready to go in any combat situation. No, stupid. Those mechanic— I, you want to knock out all that extra bullshit? Just let the mechanics keep fucking with them. They can do it. They know it more than us. What's the point of us looking at it? That's my that's my ideology behind. it. Two cents. That's your two cents. That's my okay. yeah. My two cents. Like why are we looking at it? We're not mechanics. Sorry.
2: Sergeant Major Aubrey. Okay, I know what you'll change if you do the twenty. <laughs> yeah, no more fucking <laughs> mechanics can PMCS this shit. I ain't doing twenty. Like, fucking funny. Like it makes that. sense. Well, why do you have MPs checking a Humvee? Why do you have MPs checking I mean, a Humvee? It- I would yeah, I would
3: see yeah. I would see like easy stuff, okay, like checking oil. That's of course, you know, that's what we gotta do to our own vehicles, right? Check oil, check the tire pressure, okay, I get that. Um, check the coolant, the 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 air filter, make sure it starts right. I get that, but if you actually look through these technical manuals and you see the stuff that they want us to check, I swear to god, if I have to crawl under a Humvee with a flashlight and look for some bolt that's specifically 2.1.33 3 inches around her in fucking circumference or something. That's how specific this shit can get and it's ridiculous. It's like, I don't know what the fuck I'm
2: looking for. If I'm being and honest. whose fault is it if you don't find it when you go out, and then, when you drive the Humvee and it it, and, it breaks, Yeah it's a pull yeah. over. Whose it's, fault is it? It's my whose fault, fault it?
3: because I'm supposed to be whatever the fuck an MOS for a mechanic is as well apparently. Like, I didn't know, that's not on my contract. Fucking mechanic knows what a bolt a specific bolt looks like for the carbon catalytic converter
2: fucking serpentine belt ABC, serpent.
3: yeah like no i'm not a, i'm not a mechanic i know my basics i could change a tire i can change it all like i can change out basic parts of stuff i know how to work on a car right but i'm not a mechanic i can't do that in-depth shit that they expect us yeah. to know how to do it just doesn't make sense while,
2: while we're on the topic right you said order order a tire right how long does it take for these parts to come in
3: on average oh my. I, I wouldn't even know because guess what, a part that I've requested be ordered I've never seen. It's either been installed <laughs> and I've never heard about it, or I just it's never got there. It's never so, got there. So you
2: told the mechanics, "Hey, we need this part." The last thing he told you was, "All right, I'm gonna order it." That's it, right? That's it. That's where your that's normally how it goes. That's where your responsibility goes. Mm-hmm. But again, you're gonna go do army camp. Your Humvee breaks down on the freeway going to Seoul. Mm-hmm. Whose fault is it? it would be my fault. It'll be your fault because you mm-hmm. didn't confirm with the mechanic after you finished working your 12-hour gate guard shift or your 12-hour law enforcement shift the day before army camp starts that you didn't confirm with the mechanic who's off because it's the weekend, right? Or they like to go mm-hmm. home at 3 p.m. when they're not working, right? Exactly. It's your fault that you didn't confirm with him that he put that tire on the Humvee.
3: Fucking exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, and now you it's have a grown-ass mind.
2: man cussing you out on the it, side of the freeway exactly. going up to Seoul. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. 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 I'm, I'm okay. So that's just a Monday. That's a that's Monday. just a Monday. Yeah. So what about the Tuesday
3: to Thursday? <laughs> Quick rundown. T- what do you do? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> All right. If I could put that into perspective, um, it could be continuation of Motor Monday, and normally it is continuation of going in depth on these inspections and making sure that we get that stuff taken care of the best that we can. But then there's also, and this one, this one's probably not too. Not unfamiliar with people who do know something about the army. I'm sure at some point, even hunters heard about this. It's fucking layouts. All right. Now, what are layouts? Layouts is exactly what it sounds like. You get a certain amount of gear, and you have to lay it out on the ground, and you got to wait till somebody with some fucking book, some army book that has the parts and instructions on how to use this in the order. technical manual. The technical manual. And it, it usually has an order of which the parts are in, so we have to set up the layout in order the parts are in, so it's easier to come up, look. And if something's missing, right, we haven't used right, – like if we do a layout, let's say for like a, a crow system. A crow system, okay? So a a crow machine system gun. If, if you guys don't know what that is, is, is it, it's, and, a, it's a machine gun on a Humvee. Yeah, yep. that you can yep. operate from inside yep. the Humvee and the machine gun's on top of the Humvee. It's like playing a video game. Yeah, Battlefield right? 3. Yep, exactly. Battlefield 3. Hold on, my back's sweating a little bit. Let me sit up while I'm talking to you. All right, so you let's say we have a crow system layout. All right, and, and we lay it out, okay? But we haven't touched the goddamn crow system in three years. We haven't done anything with it because those things break every time, right? But, oh, no, we just lost a fucking bolt. Whose fault is that? That is our fault again. We got to find it. We got to go fucking search everything, pull everything out of... Anywhere that we got, whether that be a conics a fucking, I don't know, we're fucking trailers, going. Just trailers, just tra- tra- trailers still have
2: all the equipment,
3: yep. Like it's It makes so, absolutely right. no fucking sense. Shit gets lost, and it's our fault. It's like, motherfucker, I have never touched this curve system in my he life. You just got here.
2: You he just got to the unit. <laughs> yeah, but it's my fault just... because this
3: lieutenant's missing something. <clears throat> or he would probably so didn't get a st- thorough
0: layout before.
3: Sorry, Hader, go ahead.
0: No, no, you're good. Uh, I just wanted to say when when you're done with that story, let me ask you a question because there there is something that I want to ask.
3: Look, go ahead, brother. Ask you a question. I got you. Might so,
0: well. so, what is it like if someone loses their weapon system on base?
3: Okay, that, that that's
2: something different from layouts. That's <laughs> that's a, right, that's a that, different question. We'll come yeah. back to um, that at the end. We'll come back yeah, to the. That's oh, why. Yeah, that's yeah, why yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, I'll write it down. That's a, that's a good scenario.
3: I'll write it down to you, Hunter. I got yeah. you. Losing a gun on base. I'll tell you okay. the right answer, and then I'll tell you what happened to me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's at the end. That's at the end. That's at yeah. the end. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Okay, so you have to do a layout of a Crow system that hasn't been touched in six months to a year because that's the last time that mm-hmm. platoon went to army camp. You have an LT that's screaming at you or shouting at you, sorry. Shouting at you because it's your fault that he lost the parts. And the reason why... College student, Lt is shouting at you. Most nine out of ten times, they're younger than you now, right? Because we're in our five year, our fifth year now, so they're probably younger. You have a young adult shouting at you, telling you, "Find me my parts. How come my parts missing?" And the only reason why he's shouting at you is because at the end of the day, he's responsible for that part.
1: Because
2: mm-hmm. there's one thing that the army likes to do is they like to charge you for every little thing you are assigned for that you lose. Yeah, and so that Lt is getting up- mad at you. Because you lost a little pipe, and that little pipe adds value to a $2,000 piece of equipment. So now he's going to hold you guys down. He's going to hold you guys at work until 7 p.m., mm-hmm. 8 p.m., 9 p.m. Why? Because he did not want to do a proper layout the first time. Exactly. Exactly. But that's okay. our
3: fault. That's our fault because that's your fault. we're non-commissioned officers
2: or... We're privates oh, you're a sergeant. You should you should know. Yeah, you should know. So this specifically,
0: is what it should be like. Yeah? So specifically, it's the sergeant or non-commissioned officers' fault.
3: That's that's oh, what yeah. it comes down yeah. to. One hundred percent.
0: Okay, so it's not. We, we get the shit. fault the stick. as a soldier. It's no. your fault as a sergeant.
3: Yeah. Exactly. L- l-
0: just to clarify it.
3: That's that's a good clarification. It's not our fault as a soldier. It's our fault as a as a as a leader. Your own man. As a grown man, yeah. as a leader, like as if we supervisor. can take heat, if we can take heat, mm-hmm. they're gonna give it to us, even though it's their fault, mm-hmm. one thousand mm-hmm. percent.
2: So you mentioned layouts, right? Mm-hmm. Layouts.
3: Just what saying layouts. it out loud
2: makes me makes me icky, right? Quirk, layouts.
3: A little bit, you know. I don't,
2: this how I explain it, this how I explain it to my parents. Whenever they ask me how's work going, and I'm not doing law enforcement or working gate guards, right? I tell them. <laughs> The U.S. Army is not at any war right now. We're done. We got pulled from our last bit in, uh, what's it called, Iran, right? Is that where we got pulled, right? Our president, right? Yeah, Iraq, he thought it was a good idea. Our equipment, just right, just dip.
3: So the way I break
2: it down, Mm -hmm. yep, the way I break it down to my parents is since we're in peacetime, we're in peacetime, all there is to do is to train and to verify we have working equipment. Nine really? out of 10 times, they take presidents of the working equipment than actually training. And half the time, we can't even train because the army's broke, in case you guys don't know. Don't join the army. You want to make money. Definitely don't join the army. That's not our... The, arm, the military's broke. They will get every dollar out of you. Mm-hmm. Starting it out there, right? That's my two cents. Take that from the podcast, if nothing else, right? <laughs> so I explained to my parents that we do layouts every other day because there's no war. There's no war. All we can do is just verify and make sure that we're ready for war. Is that fair to say? That's all we do now in peacetime.
3: That is one one thousand percent fair to say. There's, you, there, I can't even extend on that. That's that's a perfect thing. We're not we're not fighting nobody. We're not helping nobody. Um, what are we gonna do? We're gonna fucking get better at what we're supposed to be doing, or, of course, equipment. Except their fault is this equipment is shit. It's already broken. We need new equipment. There's no way to fix this old equipment. So why so do we keep fucking uh, running in circles? You know? Let's go <laughs> on that a little
0: bit more. So how old do you think equipment is by the time that the average soldier gets there?
3: Oh, man. <laughs> I, when, when I first got the Fort Carson, my first unit in 2018, everything was fucking old. So that's, that's four and a half years ago. It's about four and a half years ago for me this so equipment I did is some still research
0: myself and on average um rifles, uh, sidearms, everything. Uh your gear that you carry every day is on average 8 years old by the time the first average soldier gets it.
3: Well, here's something wild. So the the firearms that we use uh when conducting like law enforcement duties, M9 Berettas, right? That was used in Desert Storm. That was in the fucking nineties. M9 Berettas. Those Berettas have been in our unit since the since it was like created, right? I'm not gonna go ahead since they were the were new, new thing. My unit, they were the new thing. Yeah, and my unit's been around for well, 15 years on that installation. It's like that. Like those yeah, those crazy. guns just got transitioned out, like. A year and a half, maybe two years ago, to the new but uh, M-17 c hours.
0: I did hear a bit of something stating that now that we are in a peacetime, they're going to start trying to push out newer equipment to everybody instead of just special forces.
3: I'll confirm it if I see it in my last couple of months. <laughs>
2: i'll get back to you on that one <laughs> in 10 years yeah. down the line yeah yeah right Yo. yeah so that's
0: just a you can't hear it might be a can't while believe everything you're gonna hear um believe everything yes. you hear on the internet right
1: mm-hmm. but when you hear chance. it from other
0: other people in the military it it tends to be a little more legitimized um but it is something that i did hear in the next 10 years that they're going to try and start doing that instead of all right, special operations gets the newest stuff and then y'all are stuck with the stuff that's 15 years old. Hey, let's have everybody because the military force is smaller than it was 10 years ago.
3: And it's going to continue getting smaller because mm-hmm. the retention rate mm-hmm. that's holding people mm-hmm. back and then the pulling people in as is is getting yep. absolutely horrible yep. right now. Right yep. and, and I think also that's Volunteers yeah. that's like enlistees the and people being retained. Yeah. Like it's it's so yeah. bad.
2: The climate. Yeah. Yeah. We'll save that for the end. Let's let's save that. Let's see <laughs> that. That's that's a good bit.
0: That's gonna be like our last trick, right? Oh
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, any more any more questions, Hunter? Uh, to to Aubrey, who just explained uh, to us what happens.
0: <laughs> no, no, that like like he said, that everyone's heard of a layout. Everyone's yeah. heard of it. I mean, yeah. and they're like the memes that you see of a sergeant yelling at somebody, it's either from boot camp or a layout. Exactly. Yeah, that's a toxic.
3: Sorry, but if you do intend on enlisting in the military to anyone who's listening to this at any point in your life, you better get fucking used to it. You better expect a lot of your time being layouts unless we're at war. And even then, it's going to be layouts until you get on that plane with your rifle to go overseas and battle, or even if it's domestic. You just get used to it. It's going to happen. Deal with it. It's going to happen if you enlist. Period. Right, good way sorry, to say it. Good way. Good you know way. Okay.
2: Go okay. Now you're good. You're good. I like it. Just having open, honest conversation. Um. So you explained pretty much, right? So you broke it down. Uh. Whenever a recruiter tells you it's a nine to five, well, I think we've we hit the nail on the head on this one. It's not a nine to five. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. Um. You're gonna hate Mondays for the rest of your next five years in service.
3: Absolutely. Um. Uh,
2: so you said you weren't. You were not reenlisting. Right. Um, just so you guys are aware, right? Uh, I'm not reenlisting either. That's just my personal my personal choice. I'm not reenlisting. That's not for it's not for me. Like uh, I can't even imagine for Roy. He's a father, gonna be a father too. I can't even imagine just you spending time with your family, and then you get some senior ranking some senior ranking individual calling you, telling you, "Hey, we need you to finish the rest of this 24-hour shift. We know it's your day off." We know you have a family we know you live an hour away but we dropped the ball because we didn't schedule somebody to come to work and it just so happens that you are available because you're the first person we called so mm-hmm. kind of need you to come in now all that i can't i can't do it M- me as a single, uh single soldier in the barracks still i it drives me insane when somebody tries to call somebody in on their day off no you it's no questions asked it's yeah you, that you are coming in not hey can you yeah in? yeah you gotta play your cards right you better there's some ways to go around it there's definitely some ways but we're not gonna go over that that's it that can be a different podcast but <laughs> yeah roy aubrey there is showing his uh <laughs> his drink in his hand um uh, so way out uh same <laughs> same thing as roy said it's not for me the lifestyle that's it it was uh i think it's fair to say you can you can challenge me on this roy it's fair to say it was more fun the first year or two years we were all in the shit, with our pals, you know, just in the shit together, freezing our asses off, in absolutely. Colorado, absolutely, you know, setting up the big tents that required twenty people to set up, and
3: and I wouldn't change those years. Those were incredible years. They they really were. Yeah, that's, definitely. That's where we, you, me, Guzman, Rodriguez, mm-hmm. like all the boys at the time yeah. we formed excuse me bonds that were almost unbreakable i mean there's stuff that's mm-hmm. happened to us in between the years and uh, the relationships has been tense and whatnot but shit i wouldn't mm-hmm. change a single thing especially those first two years you know yeah, we're, so... we're we're new to the army we're naive we're still motivated from osut right? young <laughs> we're ex- yeah extremely young um and most most men most men females too it doesn't it It's not gender-inclusive, not the social construct of it, but the biological. Um, When you're that young and you go through the rigorous training that you do, you come out and you're a lot more confident in yourself and your abilities and who you are because that's the way that training is designed to boost you, right? Tear you down, build you up, and make you a confident person in a certain way. So when you go out and you start doing things, right? There's just so much more fun to it because you know how to party. You don't you don't go to a party and you're like anxious the entire time and you're like, oh, I got to meet people, right? The army's like, hey, fuck this. We're going to this party. We're turning the fuck up and getting so shit-faced that somebody's going to have to carry me by my head and feet to the fucking car to get me home, <laughs> strip me naked, and put me in a fucking shower to sober up. And I have had that happen to me before. Okay. <laughs> And then even in the the military has. And even in the field, in those field cycles, right? (laughs) We do it because we're still we're we're new soldiers at the same duty station. Right? We
2: don't know any better.
0: We don't know. (laughs) Put it in perspective. So it's great. It's fun. There's stories. I believe I'm older than both of you.
2: Are you? How old are you?
0: I'm twenty five. Yeah. You are. You got me by a year. So just to put that in perspective, Aubrey and Jimbo. Are both already have extensive careers in the military and they they both say they wouldn't turn around and never do it but me as a 25 year old I'm a single parent at that with a with a six-year-old and I have no career right now so it's not some of this sounds like we're talking trash about the military itself and none of it's talking trash about the military. So just to put that in perspective of, for some of the viewers.
2: Mm-hmm. No. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I had, I had a small portion of positives that we're going to go over. So, but thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. I don't want you guys to think listening, right. That, oh, it's all bad. You know, Jimbo and Aubrey, uh, telling the recruiters, you know, well, uh, E5 told me uh, on a podcast, <laughs> that I shouldn't sign this contract. <laughs> He definitely, is gonna hunt us down. He's definitely gonna get us, right? That's, uh we're just.
3: I want you to put <laughs> like... in my contract that I don't want to fuck a do layouts. All right. Yeah, I learned this on a podcast. Yeah
2: fucking, yeah, fuck, yeah, fucking Roy told me not to do it, so I'm not going to do it. <laughs> don't, Definitely don't need that.
0: Sergeant Aubrey uh, said no.
2: <laughs> yeah. Fucking Jimbo agreed with him, so uh, I'm not going to... Yeah, no no, no. no, we're just... Like we said, right, on this podcast, we're just having open, honest conversations. Uh, I know it sounds pretty negative so far. We'll jump into a few positives uh, a little bit towards the end, right? So uh, thank you for mentioning that, Hunter. Um, so... Like, uh, like, yes, like he said, uh, the lifestyle, definitely not for everyone. If it's for you, it's for you. If you don't mind it, hey, by all means, you do that. But we're talking from our point of view of peacetime military police officers, in active duty on the enlisted side. Emphasis on enlisted. We're not officers. Officers are we're not going to touch on officers. We don't know that. You need a college degree. We don't have college degrees. You need a college degree to be an officer, and essentially an officer, you're in charge of a group of 30 to 40 people you year. You get told by your commander, hey, this is your mission. Make it make it happen. Use your sergeants. Make it happen.
1: Yeah. Right?
2: So we're talking from a perspective of a sergeant during peacetime. Fair to say, right? Fair to say.
3: Yep, I'm a sergeant. Okay. I'm not the sergeant
2: of the yep. Army. All right? And yep. my next rank we're is not... a lieutenant. <laughs> yeah so we're not, yeah, we're not those, uh, those people that you see uh, special forces I was deployed when I was my second month into active duty de- no, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a whole different army now let me emphasize that it's a whole different army now so uh, if you're yep, if you're watching Banner Brothers and you want to do some cool guy shit like that I'm just letting you know that you better have special forces in your contract before you sign that if you even want to even if you want a touch of what they're doing in the TV show so you want to be the next Rambo? You better put special forces in your contract.
0: To touch Minimum. that a little bit um, mm-hmm. about the special forces in contract. Now, anybody, anybody joining the military can put special forces in their contract, and they will send you to it. But if you don't pass the course, you get put into an MOS no one wants.
2: Yeah, essentially, you're essentially the army already invested into you all this money. You can do the basics because you pass basic boot camp. Now you need to do advanced individual training, AIT, and you're doing AIT for special forces. That's an that's a, that's a honorable thing to accomplish if you can accomplish it. If you can't accomplish it, Uncle Sam already invested in you. You're already a soldier. You just don't have a specific job yet. Hmm. And Uncle Sam just so happens to have a list every month that's updated with a list of, of MOSs that nobody wants to do. So they are under strength. So, they're going to send you to one of the seven or eight understrength MOSs. So, yes, thank you for mentioning that. If you don't pass special forces or anything like that, Ranger, they will You already signed the contract. Your contract's not voided just because you failed. That's not how it works. Um, so, right. Um. Like you said, I'm not going to join. I'm done. I'm ready for my next chapter, right? Whatever. Right. But like we said, there was the. When you're in the suck the first two years, it's fair to say those are like the the grand two years, the fun two years, the party two years, your average basic private life, right, that you That's see right, on every man. TikTok nowadays.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Especially if you're single in the barracks or even then if you're married, you swing by the barracks. I know we had a few friends that did that, swung by the barracks, even though they're married, just to party with Diggs. us in the barracks. <laughs> yeah, right? Diggs, if you're watching, subscribe, right? Um, But uh. He was fun he was married but he partied with us every weekend whenever oh, he yeah. got the chance party fucking yeah animal, John. so so, yeah. so
0: you're not allowed in the to go to the barracks if you're married no I mean,
3: you just uh, you yeah. don't live in the barracks because you are married. Yeah. so the army pays you yeah. to live outside the barracks at that point
2: yeah okay. you're married they give you it's like you're they give you the average rent within like what is it seven miles of the installation they give you an extra check for that if you're married so you can, like, get yourself a nice apartment. Yeah. Emphasis on seven miles. It's only within seven miles of the installation. So all right. within the seven miles of the installation, it can be dirt cheap, $1,500. alright right. You're going to get a check of $1,500. Sorry,
3: I got a piss break. But, I'm sorry. Piss break. Okay, yeah, we're coming up thing. on yeah, 55 minutes,
2: all right? Okay. <laughs> do your thing. Do your thing. I'll explain it. Um, right? So the Army will pay you an average check of uh, basic allowance for housing. Essentially, within seven miles, they'll give you the average rent money so you can essentially get your own apartment. But Fort Carson, I think there's 90 90 or 40, no, 90 or 70,000 people that report to Fort Carson every day during the workday. That's a lot of people that need apartments. That's a lot of people that need houses. Colorado Springs in itself has been increasing in its home value for the last two, three years since Aubrey and I got there so that basic allowance for housing of 1500 is outdated because they don't update it that often and they only do update within seven miles of the installation so colorado springs is expensive so if i'm telling you right now if you're going to colorado springs right now you're not going to find a, an apartment available close to fort carson definitely not and then the further away from fort carson you get the more expensive it is so your 1500 check is not going to cover the 2500 Monthly bill that you gotta pay now. So thank you for mentioning that, Hunter, because not many people realize that. Like the army is cheap and the army is broke, and they will find every single way to not pay you what you're worth.
0: You yeah, know, that's so the unfortunate truth. There's actual friends in the Discord um that they're they sh- they live in barracks, mm-hmm. but they struggle to live. hmm because of how little – I make more at $15 an hour on 40-hour weeks than, than a soldier makes.
2: Than me. You probably make more than me. I'm telling you right now. You probably make yeah, more than me.
0: I you. make $2,000 a month. I'm, I'm willing to tell people that.
2: I make slightly lower than that. So you make more than me.
0: So he is a sergeant in the military. He is a supervisor. Essentially, he is a supervisor. And makes less than me at the minimum my company will give. Then
2: a uh, minimum wage, right? Uh,
0: not minimum wage. No. Okay. Um, just uh, just it's a, a value. It's Eleven dollars. I, I live okay. in Florida, so.
2: That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. You guys are pretty crazy out there with minimum wage. I keep forgetting. That. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, essentially, you make more than me. You make more than me, and I work, I work three days on, three days off, twelve-hour shifts, and that's not including all the phone calls and text messages I gotta. I gotta send all my free time, so. So that happened, right? So, thanks for mentioning that, cause not many people realize if you're single in the barracks, you definitely are not making enough money. I think I was making six hundred dollars when I was a private, every two weeks when I first got to Carson. Six hundred yeah, dollars.
0: insane. That's insane. Every two weeks
2: mm-hmm six hundred dollars every two weeks you get to the unit you have a sergeant telling you oh you don't have a car yet go get a car oh you don't own a car go finance a car finance a car you're talking to a kid that just 19 years old straight out of boot camp i don't have i have no credit mm-hmm. my interest rate is going to be what nine ten percent i think mine was nine percent when i first started well, it's
0: actually pretty I got a- good for first car
2: yeah, it's it's it took a while to get it though, right? So yeah. I have a I have a grown man pressuring me, Hey, you need to get a car on a six hundred dollar every two weeks, right? Oh your car payment's gonna be what three hundred? On average three hundred dollars, your car payment, your car insurance, brand new driver, nineteen, right? Two hundred dollars, give or take, right? So that's already what half? Half my income gone just on a vehicle that a sergeant told me I needed to um I needed to get so I can make it to work.
1: Nope. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm telling you. I'm telling you, don't join the army if you're trying to make money. You're not going to make money. You are not going to make money.
0: Join the army for the experiences.
2: For the experiences, for the, the resume. And benefits
0: when you get out. <laughs> and the benefits. And the freaking benefits.
2: All right, I'm back. Thank you for joining Sorry. us. All right, you're good, you're good, you're good. I just went over how broke you are when you make money in the barracks when you first get there. But oh, I, I already touched on the topic. Yeah, we're good, we're good. So, right, because our podcast is already stretching pretty far. Let's let's get the topics rolling. Uh, So, right, uh. You tell, you tell senior leaders no, I tell senior leaders no. I don't know about you, but when I tell them no, they don't know how to take no for an answer. Oh, Sergeant Jimenez, how come? What do you want? What do you want from Uncle Sam? What will, what will Uncle Sam cost you for you to sign that dotted contract for an extra three years? You know what I tell them? Nowadays, I just tell them, when I make more money than I'm worth, then I'll sign the contract. When I make more than $2,000 a month, I'll sign that contract. They just stay quiet now. They, you can't say much to that. You don't control how much I get paid. The That's most a... you can give me the most you can give me is my installation, and even then half of them are not even available because I requested to go overseas mm-hmm. and they didn't want to give me the Netherlands, so I said no, right? Or the other half the only other thing they can give me is if uh, I request a very unique uh, army school. So like Roy said, traffic, if I want traffic on my resume, right? I go to an army academy. Go be a tra- uh, traffic investigator, traffic officer. Yeah, you'll give me that. It's definitely not worth three years, though. I don't care how much, uh, how good the school is. It's not worth three years. I'm sorry. So, if Uncle Sam cannot offer me the Netherlands, if Uncle Sam cannot offer me um, a bigger pay, because at this point that's what I want. I want a bigger pay. I'm I'm broke, right? Um. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm I'm gonna say no nine out of ten times. mhm- What about you, Roy?
3: Um, I agree with everything you just said completely um, the only difference for me would be that I have a family and then at this point the army and its lifestyle constantly interferes with my family and I can't have that anymore and I understand that civilian careers can also affect this but it's it's not to the point to where I can't control what goes on when it comes down to the army you can't control what happens if they say you got to do something you have to you can't say no because that's just that's if it's a lawful order then that's disobeying it but if it's a lawful order in a civilian career, you just don't want to do it. You can say, no, fuck off. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> exactly. Quit. Move on. You do something else. Quit.
0: You mm. can literally just tell them no.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Hold on. I love you, Nuggy. I appreciate that, the fact that you just joined. We're doing a podcast. So I'm going to drag you up into the waiting room. Okay, bub?
2: Huh? What's up? Sorry. Repeat that one more time. I, I didn't have it on speaker. I'm on my phone real quick.
3: I, I love you, Nuggy. We're doing a podcast right now, so I'm going to drag you out. Okay?
2: Oh, okay. I can just leave.
3: Awesome. Love you. Love you. That's the only exception that's probably gonna end up joining is a little Nuggy. You just yeah. cut that <laughs> little segment out when yeah. you're going through Yeah, you're good, you're more good, you're work good. for you, Jimbo. Um, okay. So where'd I leave off? So you said I'll quit.
2: You said I'll quit. I yeah, can just so, quit civilian So role.
3: civilian you know, civilian careers, you're in charge of your career. And in and, and, as it in the army, your career. I know a lot of people will be like, "Oh, it's self-driven. It's where you want to go." It's really not. It's not where you want to go. Half the time, you have to play your cards right and really engage opportunities that are presented to you at the time when they come. But if you don't engage those opportunities, your career is not yours to determine. Period. It's just not going to happen like that. You have to you have to be aggressive when those opportunities come and actually get those opportunities for your career to be somewhat driven in the way that you want it to go. And even at that point, it's not going to be totally 100% what you're looking for every time. It, it just doesn't work like that. At least it has been for me, okay? Um, so like schools, they're like, there's so many schools you can go to, okay? Well, here's something that a lot of people don't know when they're enlisting, right? Schools aren't as accessible as you think they are. They're not. Schools are hard to get. You have to distinguish yourself. But it's like, but that's not what my recruiter said, okay, because the recruiter has to say something to put your <laughs> name on that contract and fucking get that signature and your fucking fingerprints meet on the damn floor. They have, yep. to, meet, they have yep. to meet that stuff. And it's your fault for doing it. It's my fault that I enlisted. I fell for it too. I thought I'd be working law enforcement 100% of the time. No, we've got multiple different functions as military police officers. So schools. Schools aren't as accessible as you think, right? Um, and your the, your career isn't yours. It it really isn't yours. It's determined. It goes by MTO or numbers, right? You have a training exercise coming up. This training exercise requires you to uh, simulate deployment to, let's say, Virginia. Jimbo went on that Virginia trip with me, right? They needed numbers, right? If I broke my hip, I broke my foot, they'd send me to another company, and then they try and pull two people that work from that company over here because they still need numbers. Even if one person got broke, they're going to try and pull as many people as they can and if that person, like, they only have one person that's able to work for the transfer. So I broke my foot, right? I'm here. I broke my foot. They got to throw me over on this side and take somebody from this side and bring it back over, right? If that person's having a kid, but I broke my foot, they're fucked. They're, they're not going to see the birth of their kid. They're going on this training exercise, period. And if they say no, they try and fight it, okay, they're going to get the shit end of every stick that comes in the future. They've just labeled themselves as a shit bag, and the Army's going to treat them as such. It's It's... Your your career is not yours, period, okay? But you know what that does teach you, and there is good that comes out of it, okay? Life lessons, right? You're a lot more sturdier as a person. You've been through hell. You've been through shit. You've been treated poorly by employment, right? You might not know what you deserve in the future, all right? But there's life lessons behind everything that you do. So like, oh, shit, I I went to this training deployment, and I missed my baby being born, right? I'm a hardened person for that. That's going to make you sour. Okay, But you go home, you see your daughter or something, you're like, oh, this is great. So you're not sour, but you're hardened. You, you're you more thick-skinned to adversity when it comes down and, and it gets thrown at you. And that's a good thing, even though there was a lot of bad before that good result came from it. But life lessons, and that brings me to a point that I really wanted to say, that the military in general, all right, it's going to teach you so many life lessons that you're not going to get anywhere else, period. There's nothing that can compare to the life lessons that you learn in the military at the ages that you can learn those lessons at as well. A lot of people, um, I get this a lot. People tell me, I look like I'm 26, 27. It's like, yeah, cause I seen dead people. So probably just some gray hairs are sparking and shit, but they tell me I behave like I'm 26 and 27. I'm like, I'm only 23 years old. I don't know what a fucking 26, 27 year old behaves like. I just know who I am and what my friends behave like. We're fucking immature as shit behind the screen. But when it comes down to a career, we're professional as fuck. We know how to be professional. We know how to maintain. We know how to give ourselves self image that is respectable, you know, because that's just what the army for us has been able to do. It's taught us lessons. If you're going to work your job, right, it's all about self image. Maintain professionalism. Make yourself look good. Make your organization look good. And you won't have problems. Right, Life lessons. Army does. That's one thing that's incredible and something that I couldn't trade it for. Is 100% life lessons. Um, another thing I could throw in there, life lessons. Um, not really a lesson. Um, but the Army, specifically for me, has contributed to a crippling nicotine addiction. Uh, Crippling alcoholism, addiction, and uh, crippling depression. It does that too. But again, life lessons. You know what depression feels like now. You know what alcoholism feels like now. You know what it looks like, how to identify it, right? Later on down the road. Now you know what nicotine addiction looks like too. You know when someone's scratching their fucking neck and they were smoking like a sailor. Uh, last day but you haven't seen them smoke once but they're being a grumpy bitch and tell them to go smoke a cigarette because they're having fucking nicotine withdrawal you're going to recognize that stuff you're going to know what it looks like and that's just a small example of what kind of life lessons that you can actually learn now too like it doesn't pertain to necessarily good things like oh now you know how to manage credit okay great how did you learn how to manage credit because I was a dumbass and I bought a Camaro that was at 20% APR right <laughs> and I didn't have the money for it but I ma- I managed I worked with what I had. Okay? I did this, I did that. I'm not saying particularly me, it's just a broad example that I'm using, right? It doesn't have to particularly be a life lesson by that uh in that sense, but the army does offer that, but it's also like smaller life lessons too. Like you learn people, you learn behavior, right? You see you see the same people every day, but then you see new people come in, you see your old people leave. Switching units all the time, behavior. It's all about life lessons in the army, and it constantly teaches you, grows you as a person. And um, if it comes down to it, those experiences, you're gonna use those the rest of your life, the rest of your life. And that's what makes us so different than like people who served, people who haven't served, because they haven't had those opportunity, those life lessons to really get drilled into them, and make us differentiate. That's why veterans have it harder, They're transitioning out, because those life lessons are instilled in us now. The simple things, simple things yeah, as you know. nicotine, alcohol, depression, shit. You know,
2: mm-hmm. it's fun. it's interesting you mentioned that because I know uh, we're doing our our uh, classes to get out the military, right? And um, how many how many people show up to your classes to try to hire veterans? Like, I want you, I want veterans, I want them specifically, right? Um, not a lot. Not many people. Not many people realize it, right? Um, they do to an extent want veterans. Because they know we've been through the worst. We They know we've worked the worst hours. They know we've done the crazy amount of stuff at a young age, for a majority of us at a young age. So when we get out the military and someone tells us, hey, is it all right if you work weekends if you take the job? To you and me, I'll fucking work holidays if you need me to work holidays. Just give me the fucking, exactly. give me the good-paying job. Fucking- but to your average, yeah, to your average college student that just got out, right, just finished doing working their degree, hey, I want this job, you know, okay, requires weekends. Are you willing to accept that? Fuck no. What do you mean weekends? Weekends? No, no I, I, won't.
0: Oh I won't work God. weekends. Oh,
3: my God, man, yes. I'm going to yes. lose my Friday night. Yeah. yeah but, get the hey, fuck what what
0: over
2: th- it, bro. <laughs> hey, what the, the fuck? fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't remember.
0: Yeah, to put that into a little more perspective, like, y'all are, y'all are so ready to make more money for your families or for yourselves.
2: Yeah, perfect. Yeah,
0: like mm-hmm. weekend's fine. Holidays. Oh. Okay. Cool. Graveyard. Done. <laughs> yeah, Done. Oh, I'm going to make $3,000 a month? Let's do it. Where do I sign? Yeah. Right here? Okay. And yeah. me, when I look for jobs, it's no, I won't work weekends. No, I won't work holidays. Because I'm so accustomed to being able to choose when I work. And for for military they don't they never choose when they work if they're told to work graveyard they work graveyard if they're told to work nine to five they work nine to five and yet again they're still up several hours before their shift so that they can do pt that is required in their contract to do what is it monday through friday
3: yeah Oh, no, yeah, if you have normal, for us, if you have more hours, yeah, if you have normal hours, it's not Monday through Friday. It's fucking Sunday to fucking Thursday. It's <laughs> Thursday. It's, it's Saturday yeah. to fucking and, Wednesday. And like,
2: you're on, it, and you're on graveyard. So all your friends uh-huh. are
0: asleep when you're off.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, but it's so, on
0: average five days a week that you have to do PC. Yeah, average, average. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so with y'all, with y'all, your lives is not even your career isn't your own. Your lives are not your own you can't mm-hmm. you can't go more than so far from your base or you're considered a wall correct oh yeah. my gosh yeah you
3: you do have a radius yeah that you can travel some of the radiuses so, are reasonable like 250 miles but there is there is a radius
0: yeah and it, like i've heard them be as little as 30 miles from base
3: that's true mm-hmm. especially during, during COVID. covid times yeah
0: mm-hmm. you know? mm-hmm. so so like it's not even your career isn't your own your life is not your own mm-hmm. but From my personal experience, I have two cousins that one was in the Marines for 15 years. One was in the Army for four years. They both make over a million dollars a year contracting for the military now. They made nothing when they were in the military, but now they have very stable jobs, and they have everything they could have ever wanted. Both of them have five kids apiece. They live in 10-bedroom homes. They dip their toes in a lot of different things, but they contract for the military and they make a million dollars a year doing that. So Mm -hmm. it's not just like everyone says it's, it's not the destination. It's the journey. Well, it's the opposite for the military. It's the destination. It's not the journey.
3: (laughs) I think I just turned up my mic by accident.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Well said Hunter. Very well said. Um, now that that's a little bit out the way, right? Let's let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um next topic. Right. So again out, Roy. Time's time's almost here. I know I think it was Dennis that told me that you actually decided you're going to Florida now, right? Instead of New Mexico? Yeah. Right. I, I did go right? for Florida. Um and the
3: decision behind that was because um I I changed it because I guess I, there was a little pride It's New Mexico? Yeah, you're right. You're no, right. It's no. New Mexico. There was yeah. 100% a <laughs> little pride behind my decision. To... It's 100% because I'm
0: in Florida. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm oh, go, that's I'm right. I'm going home for 100. That's right. He doesn't know it yet, but uh, i would show up at his
3: house. I would be like, that's hey, can why. my family move in?
2: You know. So, <laughs> so, Mike, right, the question I'm going to – right. so what's your plan, right? Because we're both going to – in a year from now, we're both going to be free. We're both going to be free, or hopefully um, unless one of us re-enlist. But I
3: I, I would like to work for the uh, sheriff's department down in the county that I intend on going to. Um, That is something that I could see myself happily doing uh, for a long time and making that my permanent career field. I could see myself doing that for the rest of my life. I, I, I truly can. Living around family, focusing on my immediate family, my wife and my kids now, and then having that support system, which is why I wanted to go back to Florida. Okay, And if I'm being honest, I'm sick of the goddamn cold. It's it's very sure. really fucking cold here in Colorado, and I'm I'm tired of it. I'm tired of the snow, as much as beautiful as it was when I first got here. Yeah, um, I still got time to put my applications and stuff in. Florida's a little different when it comes down to put law enforcement applications in. Um, it, my life would be a lot easier if I just went and got my DD two fourteen at ninety days mm-hmm. out. And make mm-hmm. it a lot easier to put the applications mm-hmm. in. But until then, if I want to have proof of anticipated honorable discharge, which I can use for veteran's preference to get the job that I want kind of thing, I've got to ask my commander and chance that that happens is probably uh, yeah, probably not going to yeah. happen. Um, but that's my plan. Buy, I, I want to buy a home. Use my, my uh, veteran's loan. Buy a home. Ensure that I have a position and job set up by the time that I do get out and plan the transition from here to there along the road. And that could be as simple as uh, last day here in the apartment, what we're going to do to clean, how we're going to get our security deposits back to aid us with all that extra money uh, once we get down to Florida. uh, Moving fees. Packing. Yeah, it's going to be expensive. You're going to be busy. It's just going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. Is the army going to help?
2: Nah, they already now nah, you you, you were them. just 5 years and done. Don't remember I, you said fuck I, them.
3: Oh, you're not re-enlisting twice. Uh, right. Yeah, okay. fuck, fuck so, you. But for...
0: well, <laughs> let's let's backtrack that a little bit. You said a veteran's loan in order to help buy a home, right? Yep. So there's some of those benefits that me and Jimbo were talking about while you were using the restroom.
3: Mhm. There that's so, a that's a great thing about the army too, yeah. They just they offer A lot of really good benefits, but it comes at a cost, like a serious cost. Lifespan, probably. Probably, (laughs) like, dwindles your fucking lifespan being in the military, let's be honest. (laughs) If you serve, don't go to war, and survive, or whatnot. Fucking comes at your mental fortitude, all right? Because, let's be honest, you're a kid when you enlist. It's probably weak, right? You probably get beat fucking down, hazed, bullied all kinds of crazy shit at your units. Shit happens. People, it's all about, it's a point that I wanted to make, self-interest, right? The army is, literally, it's like, you need, you need spark to create a fire, right? Once you get the fire going, it's the, it's the flame and coals that maintain it, right? Self-interest, is the coal to a fire in the army. Self-interest, self-interest, Drives people in the army. You might say that's a good thing. When it comes down to it. And it's it's really not. Yeah I mean self interest. You got to take that into accountability right. You got to do what makes you happy. You got to do what you got to do to progress your career. But as a in a position for Jimbo and myself here. As sergeants okay. Uh, it's not only about our self interest anymore. It's, it's about taking care of the soldiers beneath us. Making sure that we're essentially raising children, okay, that's a commonly used term, we're raising people below us, and we're trying to get them prepared to take on our positions one day, and a good example of putting self-interest out the way would be Jimbo uh, worked, what was it, Thanksgiving, and not even halfway through his shift, he sent one of his soldiers home to go be with his family, or their family, sorry, and that's just an example of, you know, taking care of your soldiers. Some And then I'm not going to use the rest of the example of what you were telling me today, but a complete opposite in <laughs> the negative self-interest that the army uses, I guess you can compare it to toxic leadership, and some NCOs would be like, yeah, fuck that, fuck your family, I'm not taking on the extra load, I'm your leader. Actually, I'm going to go smoke outside for 30 minutes, you need to finish this shit, and you're finishing your shift. It's like, finish, the <laughs> finish the layout. Finish the layout, finish the layout, alright? It's bullshit. Army's driven by self-interest, and there's not enough people – there's not enough leaders that want to take care of the soldiers, period.
2: And you, you're not going to Was the VA that loan well? worth it? You get a VA loan out of it. Was it worth it? Was it worth it? We'll see I think I that's what Hunter, it. I use I think that's what Hunter was asking. Was it worth it? You get a VA <laughs> loan. I got a VA loan. <laughs> well, we'll see when I use it, okay? We'll see how <laughs>
3: once I uh, spend $300,000 of a loan. Okay.
2: Yeah. Right. So, for for those listening, right, VA loan essentially, right, uh, the the I don't I I don't know who exactly they're contracted through I know it's like some veteran friendly people, right? But basically, it's, it, they're multiple. Uh, though. They're multiple. You're multiple it's, right? it's yeah, multiple, right? Yeah, it's it just depends, right? Who mm-hmm. who wants to pick it up for you? Okay. Right. So basically, oh, you served five years minimum, of three. You need to serve three years at least, right? Unless you get medically. And that's the discharged. bare
0: minimum you can serve. Correct yeah. is three. Yeah yeah mm-hmm. three
2: right, so uh Aubrey, me, right? We're getting out the military, right, one of our benefits is the v a loan, so me, I plan on going back to Southern California. you're trying to buy a home, you at least need twenty percent down so you don't get that renter's insurance, something of, something of that sort, right um if you don't if you don't have twenty percent down, you're gonna have to pay that very expensive insurance on top of that home you want to purchase every month, right, so v a VA loan comes in a two percent interest rate v a loan two percent interest rate. Very friendly, and you don't need to put any money down. You don't need to put any money down, and we won't charge Mm -hmm. you the insurance. Mm -hmm. That's where the VA loan comes into play. It's a very, very great, great perk to have after you get out the Army. It is. But
3: keep in mind the cost of actually achieving that VA loan because it's not free.
2: still need a you still need to do your p's and q's and look at the fine print when you're purchasing a home it's not as simple it's not that simple i wish it was that simple right but it is a perk when used correctly Mm -hmm. um i know another perk me and uh roy are gonna have when we get out the military is the gi bill Mm -hmm. right so if for whatever reason i go back home i try these jobs and i'm like you know what i'm not ready to go to work however i do want to finish my degree uncle sam I, I looked at the numbers. Uncle Sam will give me a check of $3,200 a month for the next two years until I finish my degree for free. Tuition is covered. Uh, books are covered. Rent, right? That's the housing allowance money covered. That's where the 3200 plays. So essentially, I'm getting paid to finish my degree. Mm-hmm. That's another perk I can have. Um, but if you're like a few other people where you guys are like, hey, you know what? School's not even for me. What's the point of joining? Well, you can serve 10 years that's including reserves and national guard and you can give it to your spouse. Your spouse can go to f- school for free if you find the GI bill useless for yourself. It's going to cost you 10 years, but it's possible. And let's say you want to give it to a kid. It's possible. You can give it to your kid. It's going to cost you I think 15 or 20 years. You can give that GI bill to your kid. So essentially, you sacrifice your 20 years of your prime so your kid can go to college for free and get paid to go to school. So that's another that's another perk you can get. That Aubrey and I are gonna have when we get out. Um, I know we will get medical insurance for a good amount of time until we find our new job. I think it's six months or a year after we get out where our medical insurance is covered, essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's not even including if you get some medical disability percentage, and Uncle Sam gives you like three hundred, four hundred dollars every month because it turns out
3: I, I Roy does have that a, an addiction
2: problem or something, and you know, I claim it. Yeah, right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Essentially, right. So, because if Roy gets that percentage, then he his his medical benefits, anything that has to do with his nicotine problem gets covered through the army, because he was it was found that the army did, um, give him that addiction problem. Oh, absolutely. So it's another perk, another perk. But just know it's very hard to prove that you have an addiction problem, because Uncle Sam will find a way to try to avoid paying you. It's a oh. long, very long, tedious medical process
3: the va trying to confirm your addictions oh you have an addiction take this pack of cigarettes right now smoke it show us
2: <laughs> oh roger uh yeah you, you didn't smoke them fast enough you don't oh, have an addiction oh, problem. Yeah. <laughs> Al- alcoholism five shots in a row tequila no lime now <laughs> <laughs> get out of here
1: <laughs> Ah so, shit. Uh
2: so we do we do get some per- we get veteran preference i forgot about that we automatically get five points right whenever you sit, submit an application to a job everyone knows nowadays it's just a program that pulls the best applications you get that five point veteran preference your application to all nine out of ten times automatically gonna get flagged and some a human will actually read it because you have that veteran preference yep. and you have the title of a veteran so in this case roy and i five years of being an mp you know give or take a gate guard here and there you know army camp. Right, so going to a law for- law enforcement department uh, job industry, nobody's trying to be a cop, so stack that with we already somewhat know military police work. Oh, we're set. We're definitely set. Oh, we have two young individuals that got out with an honorable discharge, got out with a good conduct medal, and they're willing to work holidays. What? What? Unheard of. Thanksgiving. Hired. Boom. What? Hired. Christmas. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. Yup. Yup, yup, yup. I'll give you so. a thirty
3: five hundred dollar bonus for signing this one.
2: <laughs> so there's definitely perks, right, for us serving, right. So um, if you guys do, if you guys do think you're gonna join, right, just know there is some good on the other end, but you got to make it to the other end, right. Uh, just go, just because the podcast is speeding up, right. Um, overall question, right. I know you've seen it. I know I've seen it on my social media. All all our friends that we enlisted with, oh, can't wait to get out the army. Can't wait to get out the army. Every week on my social media, I see someone new re-enlisting, putting their hand up in the air. I had a buddy from uh, boot camp. She signed an extra three years so she could be a Terry police investigator. She did it wrong. She's getting the school. She's not going to do the job, but she's getting the training. That's she's, how they get you. They got, her, they got her three years. She didn't read the fine print. She didn't realize it. She, she thought she signed something she was going to do. No, they just gave her half, essentially, what she was going to do. So, uh, question to you, Aubrey why, why do you think people are joining? Like, why? Like, everyone, everyone deems joining? that the military's, or why, sorry, re enlisting. Why are so many of us re enlist, right? Because it's on TikTok, yeah. it's on social media, it's even on the US Army comment section. I will never join the US military, you know? But why, why are we still re enlisting then? um where does that come from c-
3: when you make it to where we are okay it, it's a little different like if you if you tap out as a pfc and you just ship bag your way through you med board or something right you self in like and some med boards are justified all right this isn't a generalization of people this is just um me bashing on an example, okay, I'm not saying that everybody who met boys is a piece of shit, and I'm not saying everybody who gets out for other circumstances, everybody has their reasons, okay, but we can't deny the fact that there are some people that act shitty to get out because they just don't want to deal with the lifestyle anymore, so that's what I'm bringing to light when I use this example, okay, so it's different when a PFC gets out, okay, They're, They they clocked out early, they said, I didn't want to deal with the bullshit, okay, for somebody like Jimbo and I, and I, I could speak at probably for almost every E5 in the Army now. Some E4s that have been in for four years, okay? And then everybody above that, right? The only reason we made it this far is because we got good. We got responsible. We learned how to do the job. We learned how to do it right, okay? You could still fuck up and um, get kicked back, set back. Uh, Jimbo would know a lot about setbacks. I love you, but you know about getting set back a little bit on the road, but you, you, you still made it to where you are now. Okay, you hold that position, and you you got good at it. You know how to do the job. You know how to do it do it right. All right. Now, how old are you? Twenty four. All right. Does the army actually help us and prepare us for getting out? Heck no. Exactly. So so you you got I don't you you didn't do it straight out of uh, high school, right? You. At what? Yeah, one, no, I did college for a bit,
2: a year and a half.
3: Year and a mm-hmm. half of college, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's still not a lot, right? I, I was straight mm-hmm. out of high school, and it doesn't matter if I did two years of working at McDonald's or something and then enlisted. I've got no life experience, right? Mm-hmm. But now I've been a police officer, a police supervisor, a police sergeant, for a police sergeant for a year. All right, now I've been a police officer for four and a half years. Okay. I, I've grown up. I've hit shit right. All right, but I've had the army to guide me along. All right. And and a lot of that stuff, it just doesn't translate to the civilian world the right way, kind of thing. It's it's a lot more It is so Mm -hmm. much more difficult to actually become a police officer. And this just pertains specifically to me. It's so much more difficult to become a police officer, even with my training, my resume. My resume is fucking beautiful in the civilian sector versus becoming a military police officer. The enlistment process. one day at meps one day at meps look at my peepee let me walk like a duck okay let me fucking piss in a cup real quick i stopped smoking oh no a month ago i used a detox drink i'm ready to go like i lied there's no polygraph there's no nothing it's you lie on all this shit and then you could talk about it when you're in the army and then you're still straight i'm not saying that's i lied No, oh, you're not wrong yeah, i'm just specifying that yeah. real quick yeah. i didn't lie on shit on my process but yeah. there's there's no accountability there's no like you can you can literally lie your way in completely fine the only thing that's going to deter you from it would be medical disabilities, something that's like physically um uh, physically or well, imp- even impairing and it makes you incapable yeah, even, of actually enlisting okay
2: even now, there's a new medical system, right? Where if you've ever been to the ER for anything, they have it documented on the system. Mm-hmm. So you go to MEPS, they run your name, they run your social. Hey, in 2017, it turns out you went to the ER for a broken toe. You never got it signed off.
0: Sorry, That's you can't join. That's the exact reason I wasn't able to join. Oh, they really? Have, they have access to not just the ER, all medical records. Everything.
2: Mm-hmm. Every told... medical record. They don't. Mm-hmm. I was told they updated it now.
0: Oh yep. damn! That started
2: this year. I'm mm-hmm. still
3: in, baby. Mhm. Yeah, it's <laughs> a,
2: a. Yeah, that's a. That ties into that's a whole other podcast, right? Where yeah, why no one's joining the That's into, why right? yeah. Yeah. No one can. No, no, one, no one can. Yeah. Yeah. They're asking for unreasonable amount of. They want. Do you think you're healthy? They want the guy above you, that's healthy, to join. Right. So I they wonder just why at this
3: right? point. They're unable yeah, to exactly. maintain
2: right. everything else. But, but uh you didn't answer my question. So why why do we have a few friends re-enlisting, still? And and here's the point of
3: that spiel, because because we made it this far, right? And our friends have made it this far with us, right? Guzman, he's a sergeant. Rodriguez, mm-hmm. he's not a sergeant yet, but he might get. I think there, he is he? now. He oh, is now actually. I'm, I'm pretty sure. He just picked up. He just picked up. Okay, well he's a sergeant now, Dennis. Mm-hmm sergeant now we're all sergeants mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. they re enlist out of fear you know you you come in no knowledge of the civilian world as is into the military all you learn is military one year and not getting the preparation you need to actually transition properly into a civilian lifestyle after living the way you do it's it's terrifying it's scary like i i get scared all the time like thinking about it i got a family i got to provide for I got to figure out what the fuck I'm going to do to provide for them. Right? There there's going to come a point where if I don't put my foot down and actually do something and what? I'm I'm taking steps to actually prepare myself and get there. And I think I've I'm a lot smarter than a lot of people cuz I started literally right before my year mark when I started putting applications and really broadening my horizon and right. some bridges mm-hmm. and stuff, right? Mhm. But some people don't think like that. Some people don't have families already. They don't have that motivating factor. It's just like, oh, I'm getting out in a year. I'll start I don't know, four months out. That's plenty of time. Four months out? No. That's no time. Where the fuck are you gonna go? You're gonna buy a house now, you're gonna go live with your fucking parents. <laughs> All right, you go you go live with your parents so, so for a month. What are you gonna do? You're gonna come back, sign that contract again and go back because you had a better life. Yes. You it don't sound like it's doing. easier to just re enlist, right? It's Is so that fair much it's easier to just re enlist. Especially if you're not motivated and you don't know what you're doing. They don't prepare you enough. Mm -hmm. Soldier for Life program, Transition Assistance program, it's bullshit. You show up and they give you good information. They do. It's not enough. And people don't listen to it because we're so used to sitting in a fucking bullshit class and just...
2: Half asleep, just... Trying to pass the time. Trying to stay awake. Because I want to go home. I want to have a beer. Don't eat dinner. Cause you're actually not I'll at decompress. work. You're actually in a normal setting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 I like you. Well said, well said. Uh all right. So that's out the way. That's out the way. Um the rest of the topics we can say for another podcast because we're pre- we're pretty straight, pretty good. Um final question, right? Hunter, you can you can chime in on this any way possible, please. Um with everything that we know now. Our five years coming up, everything, all the experiences, the highs, the lows, the goods, the bads, you know, you met your wife now you're a dad, right? So yeah. um, everything you know now, if someone came down and told you, hey, how would you want those five years back? All I'm going to do is teleport you back to the date before you signed your contract. And he does it. You get teleported. Do you still sign the contract knowing damn well how your experience is going to go?
3: Well, here's my rebuttal question: Do I know everything? Oh, I do know everything. I know exactly how the experiences are going to go. Well, if I know how the experiences are going to go, I'll probably just be like, "Yeah, fuck let's <laughs> you know, start fresh," you know. But in reality, no, I I, I wouldn't. You change wouldn't.
2: It. You wouldn't. I. I you could,
3: would or you would not. I would not change it. The, these five years, um, they have instilled the person that I am today. I like the person that I am today. Even though I drink a little bit too much beer sometimes, um, shit gets really low. I feel down. you know I'm twenty three years old, I've seen a lot of dead people, been a lot of fucked up calls for service. I've seen countless child abuses. I've seen a lot of fucked up shit being a police officer, right? But you know what I still want to do? Be a police officer or a sheriff like there's a difference. That's going to piss a lot of fucking law enforcement off if they come watch our podcast. <laughs> yeah, or, uh, yeah well, this video's I'm trendy. a deputy, all right? This video's yeah. Trendy? Yeah, <laughs> yep, yep. I work county. I actually taste the criminals, all right? <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. All right. I still want to do <laughs> law enforcement. I love it. It's, it's, it's my passion. But mm-hmm. I would not have known that I would have been passionate about law enforcement if I hadn't signed that contract. You just did it. I wouldn't know how to manage uh, my credit if I hadn't signed that contract. I wouldn't know how how to rent a house. I wouldn't know how to fucking take care of a a woman. I wouldn't know how to take care of a child. You know, I'm still learning as a dad, and that's going to keep going. I'm not going to – everything that I know now, it would be so mediocre. Everything that I know now – and it's not mediocre. Not mediocre. Like if if I didn't do it, right, everything that I would know if I didn't do it would be so fucking mediocre to what I know now is what I was trying to say. All right. Like there's nothing that compares to it. I've learned life lessons. I know how to be an adult. I know how to take care of myself. I know how to take care of others. I know how to be a leader, right? And no other job is going to prepare you for that. And I'll stand by that. I'm like, oh, what about contract work? Or oh, you working for a security firm? I don't fucking know. Yeah, no, it's not going to work like that, right? And I enlisted at 18 years old, right? I was a police officer holding a gun in my hand by the time I was 19. By the time I was 19 years old. You can't hold a gun and be a police officer in any other fucking scenario until you're twenty one. I'm twenty three. Minimum.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I got four four and a half years of law enforcement experience at twenty three. So when I go when I go to a fucking sheriff's department or a police uh police department, right? And there's someone that's twenty five, right? You wanna know something crazy? I have more law enforcement experience than them. If they started at 21, I'd have more law experience. Law more a little sorry, got a cough drop in my mouth. I'd have more law enforcement experience than them. When I went down to um, that police department that I told you about, and I did testing, I did a ride along and stuff with them. Right? There's only I rode with five officers that night. Besides the supervisor that I rode with, there's only one person that matched my law enforcement experience. Everybody else was like rookies in my eyes. They did great. I'm not saying they were bad or anything. They're great. But I'd still look at that, and look at that experience, and be like, "Oh, he's got a lot to learn,"
2: you know. So the life experience and the work experience value is is what will make you resign that contract. Maybe go back. I wouldn't resign the contract, but I'm sorry, sign the contract. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't right? resign
3: what, that contract. Right? Oh, well, uh, if it's the answer oh, to you your question, yeah. if you When if yeah, I, when yeah, I got yeah, teleported yeah. back yeah. in time, yeah,
2: I'd sign the contract yeah. again. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Hunter what what do you have to say in in regards to that
0: So I can you hear me okay yeah. um <laughs> So no I mean Aubrey made great points but some point like he's talking about learning to be a father and stuff like this and one thing I can say is uh being in the military uh from experiencing it firsthand my my son's grandfather He joined the military actually at 31 years old Mm -hmm. as a Cav Scout. Um, so at at 31, yeah. Um, all he knew before that was truck driving. He eventually switched MOS's to be a truck driver. I don't know what the actual MOS for it is. 88
2: Mike. Mike. (laughs) Yep.
0: There you go. Um, but he. It, it, it messed him up, but he was in a time of war. He was, he was in Afghanistan. He did uh-huh. a tour. Um, he come back from a deployment and there was a sniper rifle round through his bed. So, um, and then like Aubrey said, he'd seen a lot of dead bodies. He's, he's seen dead people. He's seen crazy things. So it affects your mental health with raising a child, it makes it much harder to raise a child when you've been in the military, because of the way that they break young men down and re reconstruct everything that they think about and the way they think of everything. The these, these two men, these two sergeants right here think completely different than I do, I think in a as a civilian i mean that's how i think and that's kind of my purpose in this podcast is to give the civilian side of things and um but as firsthand like getting out of the military it, it it's it's hard for a lot of veterans that's why people say oh well they they have all these opportunities for jobs and but it's hard for a veteran to readjust to a civilian lifestyle once they're out because you got to think their lives are completely structured the entire time from the minute they step off that bus into boot camp their lives are structured Mm -hmm. everything is thought for them every move is made for them
2: yeah well said well said i like it i like it uh me personally, I would everything I know now, all the memories, highs, lows, experiences. Sure, I got no questions asked. I'll probably resign it just to go back to Korea. <laughs> I love Korea that much. It was fun. I love that country. Definitely go back. Oh, it, oh, yeah, it, was just, fun, it, was it was fun,
3: Jimbo. Want to get into some of the it. stories I, I know it. about you, Jimbo? I
2: liked it. I liked it. Korea was fun. I will probably just re. Oh, right. if I go back in five years and the day before I sign my contract, you know, redo this whole five years thing again, I'd do it. I'll definitely do it. Definitely an experience. Like Hunter said, uh, our lives are structured. It has its highs. It has its lows. But there's some things in the military that you're not going to get anywhere else. No Mm -hmm. questions asked. There's some experiences you're not going to get anywhere else. There's going to be some people you're going to meet that you're not going to meet anywhere else. Right? So I definitely, I'm glad I signed. I'm glad I did it. I can say I did it. Right? Um, Wouldn't mm -hmm. change trade my
3: friends for nothing.
2: Mm Mm-hmm exactly right so uh for those of you guys watching listening right take that as you will i know we critiqued quite a lot about the military right so but join us at a later podcast when we talk about retention reenlistment, how the army can change it the highs the goods and we'll, we'll we'll talk more positives once we have Dennis Merkling in the chat as well one of our one of our good uh, buddies right we'll go over our good experiences in a future podcast don't think the army's not all that bad it is bad but it's not all that bad <laughs> just, thing yeah, is, it's
3: it's pretty shit but it it's not you know, but bad it's not shit. yeah <laughs> it's not a
0: steamy pile of shit yeah it's it's, like a, it's, it's just like it's crusty
1: shit
3: mhm
0: yeah. you know? so like another you, another thing is is like you're saying Merkling, but we also have uh kirkman who is a private so you can yep. have, you'll have the perspective yep. of a private as well yep. you'll have, have a
2: perspective like of a female soldier
0: and a female private at that yeah you know? okay. so there there's there's a lot um that's that i i know jimbo's been planning this for a while so there there is quite a bit that it will be dived into and um And it's good to get all these thoughts and, and get information out there, like, personal hands on information Mm -hmm. to other civilians. Um, like I said, I could never join because I have Crohn's disease, I, I was gonna lie through MEPS and everything. I mean, let's just be honest, but because they have that, that, uh, procedure and that Mm -hmm. program in place, I wasn't able to lie through MEPS. You would be. Most civilians would be very surprised how many people have lied through maps with broken bones, um, serious mental conditions, mm-hmm. and then after they get out of the military, they blame all that on the military, and they get it paid for for free.
2: Mm-hmm. So Taxpayer that, money gone. That's,
0: that's why I, doing I will not that mention. Is, <laughs> so <laughs> sorry. I wasn't, like, I had no desire to, to have my Crohn's, uh, paid for. I just wanted to serve. I thoroughly wanted, I always, just like Aubrey, ever since I was a little kid, I wanted to serve. And um, that, that choice was taken away from me over a program to save money for the military, but at the same time, it's going to dwindle their ranks.
2: hmm yeah, it definitely That's has cool. some long-term effects and the negatives, mm-hmm. you know. But, now I appreciate you being honest with yourself about that. It's definitely not an easy choice for anybody to make. Not just anybody can be – Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not anybody can – not anybody knows where their limits are, you know, where what's best for them, you know. So I definitely appreciate you, you know, deciding on that you handled it very well you know because i know aubrey's seen it i know i've seen it i know dennis has seen it in west point where we had too many people and listening to the army and they like why are you here you shouldn't be here mm-hmm. it's, and it's it's not and a slim part of it it's not their fault but the majority is like why are you here like you know like now you are in my team And you're the reason why I'm picking up your extra 24 hour shift because it turns out you had a medical disease Mm -hmm. and you enlisted. And then Mm -hmm. now we have you in the like, now you're a number, essentially, you're a number in our company, but we can't use you. So you're holding all of us back, essentially, to a point, right? So
0: I definitely there's some of the firsthand experience of that is, is why what I was going to do is actually a really bad thing. Because mm-hmm. I have a I have a chronic disease that never goes away. It can only be treated mm-hmm. with medication. Mm-hmm. Well, they're not going to give you that medication while you're on uh, while you're in the military. You don't yeah. get that. Yeah. So it basically turns out that I would have been dead weight to my entire platoon, my entire company, to mm-hmm. everybody, my squad, everybody. I would have mm-hmm. been dead weight to them? They would have yeah, had you... to carry me through everything.
2: Yeah, it would have been just been would have just been someone's headache. At the end of the day
3: in common army terms ship bag
2: yeah you would have been a chip bag so 100 appreciate 100%. appreciate you not doing that uh uh but yeah like was, you said right uh sorry
0: no Something no said? no i was just gonna make a joke uh, i was gonna request to be in uh sergeant uh aubrey's uh <laughs> team? <laughs> so, his team
2: his team <laughs> All right, Aubrey. He, I don't know if you're tracking, but he has uh 24 hours staff duty on New Year's, but you have to take it, cause he can't.
3: <laughs> oh man,
2: it's a good, good thing luck. that you haven't told good me luck. that yet, cause I'm gonna be drunk. <laughs> so, right, but no, uh, like you guys heard it here from Hunter, right, and from Roy Aubrey, right. We got some stuff cooking up. So if you guys, if you guys enjoy this, right, um, please stay tuned, right. This is just episode one. It's very rough. It's gonna be very rough around the edges, right? So, but I don't know about you guys. I enjoyed it. I thought it went pretty smooth. I liked it, right? Got the ball rolling. It was a fun. Time. I thought yeah, it was it pretty was nice. Mm-hmm. For for
0: <laughs> as impromptu as we we made it. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> no, definitely. Yeah. No, definitely. that was that was
1: I,
3: solid. There's some really good. Co- I think there's some really good content in there to be pulled out and played. Yeah
0: yeah i'm definitely yeah, 100 even for shorts and mm-hmm.
2: no that, definitely yeah i get it gives me stuff to work with once i start pushing it out there but no it's uh like I'm, I'm telling you guys right if you guys enjoy this right please like subscribe um everyone here has their own twitch except me so please go out there give them some love i'll make sure to tag them in all the videos and descriptions I will be and making everything.
3: a twitch for us right. for this specific oh. podcast the
2: brotherly talk there will be a twitch we yeah. we'll, get there. We'll get there. We'll, we'll there. get there we'll get there we'll get there we'll get we'll there, there right but uh believe it or not we actually do a lot of uh, video game streaming right we actually act like clowns just playing on our free time oh yeah like like you know, like the bio says like we're just a couple of friends you know that just mm-hmm. just like to talk and just hang out chill right so um if you guys enjoy this please like